Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hey moms, welcome back to the Gather Moms podcast. This is episode 119 and we are kicking off a new season and it is called Mind Your Motherhood. Ooh, you got a little uh, attitude Put in that. Put a little stank yeah, on you it. Did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you know, I just think that we as moms struggle so much with comparison and getting caught up in what another mama is doing. And our hope for this season is to help all of us not be so worried about what another mama is doing and to be intentional where God has placed each of us in our homes with our children in the season that we're in. So before we get talking a little bit more about that, I want us to stop though and talk about comparison because that is one of the parts of this mind your motherhood is it's that kind of like worry about yourself mentality, right? Yeah, but I typically worry about everybody else. Well, exactly. Okay. And so I was thinking about comparison and I really think that like before thinking about this season, if you would ask me if I compare myself to other moms, I'd be like, no, I don't really do that. You know, but because it's been on my radar and I've been preparing for this season, I've been paying attention to like where I do compare myself to other moms. And um, just last week, just last week, we went to the Friday night football game, the high school football game. Caroline was, um, Caroline's my seven-year-old and she was cheering. She had done like the cheer mini clinic this summer. So then they let them come out and cheer at the game and stuff. And she looked adorable. Well, okay, but so that goes to exactly what. Oh, so were there I, other little girls that were adorable too? Yes, and other cutie moms. Oh, they got their bling on, ma'am. Listen, okay, <laughs> so we live. If you're new to the podcast, um, because we have a bunch of new listeners, we live in. Welcome the, to the Gather Moms <laughs> Podcast. We live in this area called Rockwall, Texas, and the school our kids go to is. Um, the yellow jackets, but for some reason, our colors are orange and white. Have we ever talked about this? Yeah, I I bleed orange. I don't care about yellow jackets. We're, but it is we're weird, jackets. right? We're jackets. J F and D. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, J F and D to me sounds like a bad word. Like you're cussing. <laughs> I always have to stop down. That's funny coming from someone that potentially has said one before. What? I would never cuss. <laughs> If y'all can't see my face right now, it is a look of shock and awe. Listen, uh, shock and awe. Rebecca and I had known each other like a month. Okay, I was um, I was a new mom. I mean, this was like 15 years ago. I was like a new mom, whatever. And Rebecca and I had met, and she asked me to help with something for girls ministry. And so anyway, I was calling her on the phone. And in my eyes, like at the time, I mean, not that you're not this anymore, but at the time, especially like you were up on this a nun <laughs> on this pedestal, a Mary nun, yes, but. purity <laughs> radiating. You know, like the Virgin Mary was my idea of Rebecca. You know, so anyway, I mean, we had not known each other for very long, and I'm talking to her on the phone about this. We're making this plan for this girls' event we're about to do. And I, I can picture it specifically in my mind because I was driving in this little Dallas town called Mesquite and I tried to turn on this road and there was construction. And I 
where I turned was the wrong lane. Like I like turned into the construction. I mean, it was bad. And I said, oh, ship. And oh my gosh, I thought you were always going to say it. No. <laughs> and, um, and I wanted to die. I was so like, oh my gosh, I have totally like soiled myself. Soiled myself? No, you did that. Um, and Kana. Yes, I did. Thank I you so have, much for bringing that back up. I have totally, I don't know, blackened my, no. Nah. I have tarnished. Oh, tarnished, tarnished the crown. I have tarnished who I am before this model, pinnacle Christian woman. Listen, when you become a mom, it takes you to places you've never been before. You think words in your head that you have never thought before. Listen, I Some hate people say that that's them. the word that, so, hey, I got scared at work the other day. And by the way, I work at a church. I was coming down the stairs and somebody came out from around the corner and I just, I was looking at my phone. So he comes around the corner and I <laughs> what did you screamed, say? I screamed at the top of, I literally screamed, ah, like screamed and threw my phone. Why? I at don't him? know. No, like away. Okay. I don't, I Listen, that's not going to do anything. So, but anyway, so then I found out from another girl that works with us that um, the same thing had happened to her the other day. Because we have like these blind corners at the bottom of these stairs. Yeah. Anyway, same thing had happened to her. And when she screamed, she yelled the the ship word <gasps> loud in, in the, the church. church. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have to say, that's one of those things that I grew up in the bubble. And uh, you just did not. Really? You did, you did not, you did not listen to people, you did not watch TV shows, you did not. Did you have any, like, adjacent words you were allowed to say? No, I wasn't even allowed to say crap. Oh, wow. Okay. Or crud. Or squat. I'm not kidding. Squat? Squat. Because that's what you do when you poop. You squat. We don't wow. talk like that. Y'all, like wow. when I say the bubble. That's next level. So I think for people that are raised that way, you're legalistic. You just can't help it. And yeah. then you come into these parts of life uh-huh. that stretch you to the uttermost <laughs> lengths. Yeah. These small bundles of joy that are supposed to be amazingly perfect and sweet. And they make you want to cuss. Okay? They do. Your little sweet ones. Your little sweet ones. Because now you've been exposed to these words as you live outside the bubble. <laughs> And listen, my kids, bless their hearts, we go to public school. My kids go to public school. And my boys will tell me, they they hear a hundred in a matter oh, of seconds sure. walking yeah, through the for hallway. Sure. For sure. So if like it comes on the TV and they're in the room and I'm like, oh, I'm uh-huh. so sorry. And they're like, mom. Yeah. We, I didn't even know that. I mean, like I hear it all the time. I'm just immune to it, which is sad, which is super sad. It is sad, but it's also on the flip side of exactly what you're saying. I mean, you know, we just... I don't know. We could have a whole thing on this, but like we don't look at the Bible and it doesn't, there's not a list of no, no words in the Bible. It's more about the heart. It's the heart. Yes. And And it's so, and it's the heart of not being legalistic too. Yeah. That there's so much grace for those of us, no matter how you were raised, what your house looked like, who said what. Yeah. And then when you come into your own as an adult and you start to feel these urges and these pressures and these stresses. And so you potentially do things you're not proud of. Uh Uh-huh. Grace, 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 yeah, yeah, grace. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no. Like, I think you were so sweet about it, and you laughed and stuff. How did we even get on this? Because we were talking about yellow jackets. I don't even know. You said JFND's a cuss word. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Hello, tangent. JFND. That's just what it sounds oh, like to okay. me. okay, now when you say it that way. 
It does kind of sound that. By the way, if you don't know what those letters, it's jacket fight never dies. And, but it's like something that everybody says, JFND. And yes. It took me a minute on that one. Okay, I'm okay. with you. So the yellow jackets. So listen, these moms that are like, come to every football game, ma'am. Okay, they are so cute. First of all, it was 1,000 degrees. So they're in, like, several of them were in, like, little cute, like, black sport dresses, like the little athletic dresses. Oh, I know these. Yes. They have the little biker shorts underneath. Yes, adorable. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, like, the cutest hat, you know, and then, like, their little jewelry and everything. And then, like, the coolest sneakers. It was a sneaker parade. It's sneaker season. So they have, you know, like, black and white and orange, like, cool sneakers and you know, like matching jewelry and all this. I'm looking around like, wow, I'm thankful I have on my t-shirt that says jackets. And Oh, you wore orange. Good job. Yeah. And, you know, my little like shorts and tennis shoes. I mean, that's what I wore. Because yeah. it's 110 degrees. You can't be cute at 110 degrees. But you can if you're wearing sporty, the cutie sporty no, dress. No, because the sweat is going down their back all the way to their little bottom and then down their thigh to their ankle. No, okay. I guarantee they are sweating through it. The swamp butt situation is very real. When you stand up and yes. you're like, oh my gosh, I bet I have a giant wet spot on the back of my body. Well, and that's why I was gl- I was glad I was wearing white shorts because it Does actually- make it better? I mean, I well, better than like maybe like light jeans. Okay, I wore white pants to my son's football game the other night and the stands were so dirty that when I stood oh, up, my butt was black. Is oh, that better? Is it better to have a black, oh, bu- black butt know. than a wet butt? Thankfully, that was not my situation. <laughs> But I just felt so insecure. Like, I was standing there waiting for her to perform. I'm down there, and I'm looking around at all these moms. Oh, because you're standing at the rail, so everybody's looking at your backside? Well, yeah. (laughs) But I'm looking around at all these moms like, dang, y'all, you knew where to shop and how to put these little outfits together to be sporty cute and 110 degrees. And then your little girls, you know, look cute and... I don't know. So anyway, my my mind was paying attention to this. So then when I noticed I was doing it, I was like, whoa, I'm in full on comparison. You know? Yes. That these moms have got it figured out and I don't. Their kids are cuter than mine and they did a better ponytail than I did. You know what I mean? Oh, we're comparing ponytails? But seriously, like I think that's the rabbit hole we can go down. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yes. Do you feel like you compare yourself to other moms? Yes. And I'm going to have to be vulnerable right now because this is totally like it's on my feed right now. Uh, You may not, y'all may not relate with this, but my house is old. Okay. And I have only two bathrooms, the master bath and the kids bathroom. And I have two teenage boys and this little fifth grade girl and their bathroom's disgusting. Yeah. She has to use it and I hate it. Uh And so I have got major house jealousy right now. So interesting. That is in my notes too, because that's been tipping for me. And like some people, like you're not supposed to be moving right now because the interest rate's too high, but people are moving and getting nice houses. And I'm driving past all these neighborhoods that are brand new. Uh Uh-huh. And I would, I mean, I could say to you, it's a holy desire because I just want another bathroom for this sweet little fifth grade girl, but it's not. I just want a new house. Yeah. I just think it'd be fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I totally compare with these other moms that are getting these new things and I'm jealous. Dude, that totally makes sense. So I saw a reel yesterday that I thought was so great. I clicked on it because it said how to take uh, five easy ways to take your house from modern farmhouse to transitional. And I was like, oh, great. What is transitional? Transitional is like where we are now, where it's like. We're in transitional. Yes, yes. That's like the thing we're in. Listen, let's not. Okay. So I clicked on it because I was like, oh, five easy tips. Let's hear them, sister. 
And so she starts to talk for about five seconds, and then this another uh, another girl comes on, and she said, "Nope, we're not doing this. Just make the house you want, be happy with it, live in the house you want. You don't need these tips." And I was like, "Okay, let's go, ma'am. Yes, you know, yes." So it was a good little like for me, like reminder from the Lord of tell me to be happy with my two bathrooms. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, yes. And you're not going to be in it for much longer. You know, one of those boys is about to launch, and then it's just going to be two kids in that bathroom. Maybe it'll be half disgusting then. Yeah. Okay. There's hope. No, but we're in the same situation. I go in there, and I'm like, why does it smell like urine? I have to wash the bath mat that's, like, next to the toilet all the time. All the time. Because I'm like, why can't you put your pee in the hole? It Just put it in the hole. And they don't know how to change the toilet paper. Mm. They just sit it on the counter. Yeah. I'm like, this is not difficult. Yeah. And when they work on their acne with Kleenex, they just uh, leave it on the counter. Oh, gross. And when they so use gross. Q-tips in their ears. Ooh. Like, what is wrong so with gross. the male species that you do not know how to put this stuff in the trash? I know. Well, Caroline does it too, though, because she she has this blue toothpaste right now. I hate blue toothpaste. I hate, hate blue icing. Hate. I hate everything hate blue. So but she picked it out, like, when we were at the store. Like, she wanted this special tube that pushes up. Because she has a hard time, like, getting the, yes. the toothpaste out. So anyway, but when she spits, because she's short and small, she spits on like the edge of the sink. So all this blue toothpaste is there. So I have been teaching her like, hey, make sure that you like clean this out and so that the the sink is clean. And so then I walked in on her doing it the other day and she was using her toothbrush (gasps) on the sink to clean... People! To clean the toothpaste down. I'm Uh, like, ma'am, this is not it. This is not. You need to get her one of those blue light things that you put your toothbrush in that, like, kills all the germs, you know? Yeah. Listen, toothbrushes wig me out. I think it's nasty. I brush my teeth, but I don't want to know about you brushing your teeth because I just (laughs) think that's gross. I do. (laughs) My husband has an aversion to ketchup, and I have an aversion to toothpaste. That's just how we were made. That's funny. Yep. Ketchup, of all things. Oh, the smell, the look, the the feel, the left, all of it. Can't handle it. Okay. Y'all, what a rabbit hole. And what a rabbit... But, I mean, okay, the whole point is we're talking about comparison and who we compare ourselves to. And I think we just do it as moms. Like, we compare, like, one mom's doing better at something than we are. Their house is better. Their clothes are cuter. Their kid's doing better, right? Um, And I think comparison has certainly always been a thing. Like, you and I have looked at moms in the Bible, like Leah and Rachel, you know, who compared themselves to one another. Like, it's always been a thing. But I feel 100% certain that social media has been like the gasoline on the fire because we're just looking at this little square of someone's life that is this curated moment in time that doesn't actually depict like what their whole life is like, you know? Well, and like you just said, it's not just social media anymore. It's school functions. It's Mm. um, church. Yeah. It's these mom's night outs where they're getting dressed to go hang out with the girls. Yeah. Like, you know, we keep blaming blaming social media, but I am in the presence of moms so often. And you think, oh, it's got to be harder to, like, be jealous and compare when you're standing right in front of her than when you're looking at her on a phone screen. No, it's not. Yeah. I can still have all those same thoughts in my head when I walk in a room and feel like, oh, I missed the memo, you know? Yeah. I'm not dressed as cute as everybody else. Yeah. Hey, by the way... Speaking of, like, influencers and social media, I was at um, Standard Service in Heath. And you saw. 
And I saw Jen Reed. <gasps> what up, Jen? And her little friend, Heather. Heather. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel was like leaving. I know them personally. I know. I know. <laughs> I was leaving having lunch with somebody, and then I was walking by, and I saw it was just the two of them sitting at their table. And I am the most awkward person in America. Shut up. Did you stop? I just looked at them, and I go, look who it is. <laughs> That's what you said? Yeah. Did you keep walking, or did you stop? <laughs> said, they said hi and I said hi enjoy your lunch and you kept walking you didn't even ask for a picture no then I kept walking oh my gosh why didn't you say we want to have you on the podcast oh well I know that would probably have been better but okay we're gonna start stalking standard service they were sweet they were sweet and just you know we're like hi whatever they deserve to have their girl lunches too good for them exactly good exactly um so I think that not only you know are we comparing ourselves with women we see out, moms we see out, moms on social. But I think it can be like a crippling thing for us because not only is it there, but it then it creates this thing where like we can't even make a decision without going to the internet or asking a bunch of people. Like, um, like you know, is my kid okay? Like, is uh, how, many, how many screens are they allowed to watch? Like, what's the uh, appropriate number of screens? Or... What level should they be reading at? Or, you know, what is this bump or that bump? Like, you know, how many hours should they be sleeping at night? Like, we can't even make a decision without going to try and hear from 10 other people first or read 25 different articles. That's so interesting because I feel like back when I had my first kid, it wasn't, you didn't Google that stuff. I think I had a book. Yeah. Like James Dobson's How to Raise Kids or Uh something. uh And you were like... What is this bump? And you would like search the index or ask your mom or you know what I mean? Like, I just, I think this is interesting because it wasn't always like this. Yeah. And now your knee jerk reaction is I'll just Google it. Well, cause we live in the information age, but that onslaught of information can be paralyzing because we get so overwhelmed with like, okay, I no, cause do it's this too much. You're learning yeah. things you don't need to know about the child's bump. Yes. Like it really is just an ant bite. Yes, but now you think it's something far worse. Well, yeah, and even with my own health, like trying to figure out, okay, uh, you know. Oh, that can be fun. I'm feeling tired. What do I have today? Let me try (laughs) these 25 different supplements, you know. Oh, Kate's still on her supplement journey. Oh, I am. (laughs) Well, and then... And then I think one of the byproducts is like my hair has been like really thin and I can't figure out what's going on. So then I've tried, I, so then like I did all this research, of course, obviously, and then I'm doing like five different things at once. So I don't know which one's working. It is working. I have a little baby Listen, we need to go back to fifth grade science, controlled experiments, Uh only one variable. (laughs) Come on, (laughs) let's figure this out. No, no. Um, But you know, that's the thing though, is like, as with like, you know, owning your own motherhood, I think we have forgotten that like God has made us the mama to these kids and he has given us everything we need to mom these kids well. And part of that is like this mom gut, like this mom intuition that knows how to care for those babies. And we have so begun to rely on what everyone else thinks, what everyone else is doing, that we have lost connection with like that piece of what God has given us. You know, I agree. I think we forget, oh my gosh, isn't that crazy? The world has made us believe that we are not capable right. of raising our own you children. Feel inadequate to even to do the job yourself. That is a lie straight from the devil. Yes. 
It is. It is. So as we kick off the season, I wanted to share a couple of verses from the Bible that came to my mind as I was praying about this topic. And for those of you, if you're new to the Bible or you're not even sure how you feel about Jesus and the Christian faith, I hope you know that you are welcome here. And I'm going to read these verses and talk about them. And I truly believe that no matter where you are in your faith journey, there is wisdom here that can bless you. So let's look. The first verse uh, that I thought about was 1 Thessalonians 4. And I'm going to read uh, the verses around because we're actually going to stop down in 11 and 12. But I want to read the verses around it to kind of give some context. Because if you know anything about this is one of Paul's letters. He's writing it to the Thessalonians. And we're in chapter 4 of the letter, so almost the end. He's already written three different chapters in this letter. So we, we pick up in 4. And in verse 9 it says, Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another, for that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more, and to aspire to live quietly, and to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. So the verse in here that I want us to cling to is where it says to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands. So let's talk about why is Paul writing them this letter? Well, he and some others had helped establish this church in Thessalonica, and uh, but Paul was a force, you know, and so there were a lot of religious leaders that didn't like him, so he had to leave Thessalonica. He didn't stay there. But at some point, he sent Timothy back to go check on them and see how they were doing. And based on the report that Timothy brought back, he is writing them this letter. I mean, Ooh, you get a letter yeah, from you Paul. Yeah, you get a letter. <laughs> what? And the first part of the letter is like encouraging them, reminding them things about their faith. And then kind of toward the end of the letters where he's getting in the real nitty gritty of like, hey, let's make some adjustments. Um, this city, Thessalonica, is the capital of Macedonia and was a very privileged city. And there were lots of very wealthy believers that were part of their church. And some in the church were so sure, like, Jesus was coming back the very next day. Like, he's going to be here tomorrow. He's going to be here. Listen, I thought that yesterday. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Why? What prompted it? Do y'all know how many natural disasters are happening in the world right now? <laughs> Didn't we talk about this recently? I'm the news guru. <laughs> I'm just saying, he might come back this afternoon. Okay, moving on. But because they thought that, they sold everything they had, like literally everything. And then they were not working. They were not, they just stopped taking care of themselves. They, and it was like an ex, very extreme response. It would be like. An extended vacation? Yes. It would be like you watching the news and be like, y'all, he's coming back tomorrow. We sell this house. I was about to say, maybe that's what the Lord's telling me. Sell your house, Rebecca. Okay. Hey, by the way, <laughs> we have got to circle back on. You and I had a whole discussion about what would we do if tomorrow, if we knew tomorrow Jesus was coming back. Yes. We talked about all the things we would buy and like where we would go. And we are the worst <laughs> Christians because nothing in our discussion was like, we would tell everybody. <laughs> about Jesus. <laughs> like, what is wrong with us? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So we're going to do a redo on that. Oh man, sister. We... Okay. If Jesus, if I really believed yesterday that Jesus was coming back today, <laughs> I should have done things very differently. Okay. Last well, night. listen, ma'am. Okay, okay. So we have some area for growth <laughs> opportunities. Um, so anyway, so then, so these people like had sold everything and then what they were doing was relying on these wealthy Christians to like provide for all their needs. Well, we know what happens when people are idle. You know, when you don't have a job to do and you don't have anything to do, what do you do? 
you start getting in everybody's business. And so because they didn't have work or anything to do, then they're starting to get in everybody's business. So, you know, it's so interesting that he says, you know, to live quietly, mind your own affairs and be busy with your hands. Get back to work. Yeah, so that's why he's saying that to them. And I think that it's so interesting in the days of social media where instead of being busy at home, people start scrolling and posting on social, commenting, you know? Yes. And getting in everybody else's business instead of worrying about their own. Yes. Because so when I read it, I just thought, man, that sounds like us. It does. I need, I want somebody to door dash me some food. I want to sit here and, you know, I'm going to order decorations from Amazon, make my house look fall. Yes. Critique what everybody else is doing out here on social media. You know, be more concerned about, be critical of their lives instead of looking at what do I need to do in my own house? Yes. Mind my own affairs. Um, So the verse says to mind your own affairs, but it also says to live quietly. And as mamas, that might feel like an insurmountable task, you know, like, uh, I do not think Paul knew about what it was like <laughs> in a mother's house with children. Well, so what that's, is the word quiet? Okay, yes. But so I did a little digging and found out what the word quietly means here. So when you cross reference it, it doesn't show up in any other verses as having to do with like not talking, whispering, or no noise at all, really. That's not what that word quiet means. It's actually often used in verses related to the Sabbath and really means restful undisturbed, less frantic. Also not in a mother's house. What? Well, it's it's, uh, it's noisy and I'm not resting. For sure. But it's who you are on the inside. I think it's talking about, it's because those verses are all talking about somebody being quiet on the inside, right? That their soul is settled, that their soul okay, is undisturbed. Soul, yes. 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 You know, no, because you're totally right. That wouldn't describe our houses either. I need to do some soul care there. But your soul is less frantic. It's undisturbed. So if if we were doing this in the modern Kate translation. Ooh, I'm ready. Give it to us. Basically, the way that I would say this is, make it your goal to live settled in your spirit and undisturbed. Be concerned about what's in front of you, not what everyone else is doing. Do the work God has set before you. I love that. We're going to put that on a quote. That's good. And so that's that's our aim, is is you know, to sit down on the inside where you're, where you're at rest on the inside, you're focused on what God has put in front of you and you are working at it and seizing the opportunity that he has laid before you. Um, the other verse that came to my mind as I thought about this was Hebrews 12, one through two. And I think it's interesting to think about it in the context we're talking about. So I'm going to read it to you. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin, which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And you know, the thing is, God has given us each a race to run. I'm supposed to run my race, not your race, not another mom's race. I'm supposed to run my race to mind my own business, to mind my motherhood, right? Yes. Um, so I was looking back at, you know, I, I wanted to see like for runners, cause I, my son Caleb is a runner and I know that they are taught to not look around. Like when I go to these cross country meets and I watch him run, they are not supposed to look back. And if you see a kid looking back, you'll hear a coach say eyes forward, eyes ahead, eyes up, 
because they're supposed to keep their eyes forward. Even if they feel like someone's gaining on them or they have someone out to the right or to the left, they're supposed to keep their head forward. And so I was wondering, like, what is that about? You know, why is that? Like, surely it's in part so that you don't trip. You know? Yeah, because they're running in fields. That's not like flat ground. You got to watch out for the rock. Yes. Honestly, right now with the way the weather is, there are large crevices in the ground. You could fall into one. Huge crevices because the ground is so dry. So like surely that's part of it, which has spiritual implications. Like don't look Mm -hmm. around because you might get tripped up, Mm -hmm. you know? But the other thing is I, I read this woman's runner magazine about this and they said, when a runner looks backward, it is typically because they are afraid someone is catching up with them. They are no longer running to win. They're running to avoid losing. Oh, yes. Because it becomes about someone else instead of yourself. Yes. Because you are supposed to run the race you are supposed to run. Okay. The other tangent this took me on was I was thinking about um, horses, you know, that like run in a race on a track. And they have those, you've seen those little like things they put around their eyes. Yes. So I looked those up. So those are called blinders or blinkers. I don't know why they're called blinkers. I know. Because it's not like, tick, tick, does tick, it tick, wave? <laughs> Switching lanes. The one on the right coming your way. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so I'm going to call them blinders. Okay. But, you know, they put those on the horses. And, um, of course, I went to a website to see, like, what they said about Oh, these. did you use the Google? I did. And it said um, they're covers that reduce their peripheral vision. So they don't spook as often as they would without blinders. So it keeps them... And it actually, like, there was a picture of showing, like, from a horse's eyes, like, what it looks like to have those blinders on. And it was fascinating because all they can see is the track right in front of them. There's, like, this little, like, black cloud kind of on either side where they can't see what the horses on either side are doing, you know, so they don't get spooked. Maybe you should do that in the hallways of church. (laughs) Probably, dude. So you don't get spooked. Probably, dude. But, I mean, you know, that's right. So that it started making me think, like, where do I potentially need to set up blinders so that I'm not looking around at what everyone else is doing and I keep my eyes on the race in front of me, you know? Does that mean that I'm limiting my social media? Does that mean that, you know, as for me, a a blinder or a good boundary would be like going into an event where I know I'm about to be around a bunch of women or something where I could potentially compare myself and going, okay, I am here because I am running the race God has called me to. I'm not going to be worried about what she's wearing, what she's doing. You know, like that can be a blinder, just a mental boundary of going, I'm not going to go there. Uh I'm not going to be looking around at what everyone else is doing. You know, I'm there to be a servant. I'm going to ask lots of questions. I'm going to get to know people. I'm going to be encouraging. Like, that's what I'm here to do, not to make myself look better or compare myself to anyone else. Well, it's funny you said that because when you think about, like, a blinder on a horse, I'm like, okay, so do I get special glasses? (laughs) You, moms, we can't not, we can't stop living. Right. You can't stop going to football games. You can't stop going to your school for your kid. You can't stop Googling things sometimes. Like, we can't just, like shut down and go in a hole. Right. So part of what you're saying is it's a mental choice. Mm -hmm. It is. That before, that I am so aware of where I potentially struggle, that when I'm going into a situation, I go ahead and before I even get there, decide in my mind that I'm going to honor God with how it goes. Yes. 
And honestly, as moms, we take sometimes very little mental energy to prepare ourselves uh-huh. because we are so busy preparing sure. everybody else. For sure. So the fact that you could just stop and say, okay, I'm headed to a football game Friday night. You know what? I'm probably going to be jealous mm-hmm. of these other mamas. Mm-hmm. So before I leave the house, I'm just going to ask the Lord to just comfort my heart and remind mm-hmm. me, your outfit's fine. Yeah. You're going to see your kid. You're yeah. not there for them. Yeah. And then when you get there, just what you were saying about a quiet heart, your heart is settled. It, it is. It is. I think the other piece is when we look at that Hebrews 12 verse, it says you know, that your eyes are fixed on the cross. And so that there's part of a rhythm of the way that we're living where we are focused on Jesus and we're running after him and that we make sure that that's the race that we're running um, with our eyes focused on him. You know, it made me think about like, what if we lived in a world where I didn't know what everyone else was doing? What if I lived in a world where there wasn't social, where there wasn't the internet to Google things? Like, what if all I had was Jesus in my Bible? What kind of mom would I be? What would be the important things for me as a parent? What would my goals be? Like, you know what I mean? If we stripped away all that other noise, we stripped away everyone else's opinions and thoughts and how they're doing things, like what race has God called me to run? What am I supposed to be about, you know, and quiet all of those other things? I think that's how we mind our own motherhood is by looking to Jesus and just settling down, putting some blinders on and saying, What race have you called me to run? Show me what's before me and help me to do it with a quiet heart. So good. So as we, as we go into this season, um, we're going to, we're going to be talking about how to run the race in front of you well. Um, And we're going to look to like, I think about the coaches on the sidelines, you know, as Caleb's running and cross country and stuff um, that Rebecca and I are going to kind of be coaches, but we're also going to lean on coaches that know a lot more than us and look at, okay, Hey, you're in this part of the race, right? You're, you're running this full on marathon and you're in this part of the race of your motherhood and answer some questions about like what the season is like that you're in, what to expect, what you can embrace, what you can let go and how to support other moms in that season. And so that's what you can expect as we start heading into this season of Mind Your Motherhood. We love you moms. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.